Hello friends, it's Jim Nance and it's my great pleasure to welcome you to Beyond the Clubhouse, a podcast hosted by my friend Garrett Johnston. He is a testament to one of the great things about this sport, the friendships that come from playing or even just talking about the game. And you're going to meet some of the characters that Garrett has gotten to know from this past decade plus that he's been covering the sport. You're going to hear from players, caddies, members of the media. You're going to get the storytelling, the golf news, the players' swing tips, and a whole lot of laughs. It's coming your way with this edition of Beyond the Clubhouse. Here's Garrett. All right, what's going on, guys? This week, I got Rocco Mediate, six-time winner on the PGA Tour. He won four times on the PGA Tour Champions. It's funny, when you look at his career, he was a rookie on the PGA Tour Champions in 2013. Now, I actually interviewed him uh, early on in his rookie season there in Southern California at Newport Beach Country Club. He was over there at the time. It was Toshiba Classic. And it was only an hour away from Torrey Pines. I remember... Just going up to him, I think it was a pro-am day, it was like Wednesday, 2013, I was about, what, three years into my golf journalism career, and I went up to him and said, hey, Rocco, listen, Garrett Johnson, I'd love to chat with you sometime after your round, or maybe tomorrow, uh, just get caught up on what you've been up to, what, what you think of the rookie season so far, where are you at, basically, how are you feeling? And he was like, oh, man, I got to talk to your ass, really? It was just funny. It kind of took, took me off guard because you see him on, on TV. He's so gregarious and so chatty, talkative, and so outspoken. And then he just got, kind of gives you a little nudge like, oh, I got to talk to your ass. What's going on here? But it's so funny, uh, just to give you the backstory with him. It's so funny at the end of the day after his round, I go a six-hour pro-am. He's just like, oh, hey, what's going on? Yeah, let's chat. So he chatted by his car. Of course, his clubs, no head cover. It looks like he's a, a random hack at a, <laughs> at a public golf course. But here we are, Newport Beach Country Club, and just having a ball, talking for about 20 minutes in the parking lot, just chilling. And by the time we, we finished, he's like, now listen, great to talk to you. Now, do you have my number? Okay, we got to stay in contact. You have any questions? Just let me know what you got. Let's go. So we go from, man, I got to talk to your ass to, hey, listen, here's my number. Let's talk. Let's follow up. What's going on? It's just, it's just funny to see the personality that we all have seen it, right, with, with Rocco over the years and, and the playoff, right, in 2008. But we've seen so much over on television with Rocco and, and I think it was just fun for me that was the second excuse me third interaction I had with Rocco Mediate I want to bring back the clock 2008 US Open we've all seen it he finished runner-up I mean that was the US Open that was a tournament in my life that I never ever wanted to have end I mean come on it was Tiger it was Rocco the everyman versus Tiger could he bring him down they got to Monday finish it went extra holes on top of the 18 on that Monday, but I was out there, I was volunteering in 2008 at Torrey Pines, I had been told that, hey, you could volunteer, you get free tickets each day, I was like, are you kidding me? And I was living in Sacramento at the time, I was making like minimum wage, um, working at a golf course there, being Maloney, I was like, you know what, it's worth it, I'm going to go down there for the week, I've never been to a major in my life, it was the greatest week you could possibly have, so I went down there, and the Sunday before, right, I had to check in, I get to the property the Sunday before. I'm pulling out of Torrey Pines of the parking lot, and I see next to me in a courtesy car is Rocco. He's got those famous sunglasses, white sunglasses on. He's got a hat, of course, on as well. And I roll the window down and say, hey, listen, Rocco. Hey, I'm Garrett. I, listen, I, I, I'm a little lost here. I'm trying to get back to the freeway. How do I get back to the uh, Highway 5? 
He said, oh, no problem. Just make a right here on Genesee. We'll get you all the way down there. And he was just, I, I bring that up because he's such an everyman, right? We see that in the U.S. Open. That's why that was kind of the title that got thrown out at him. Just because he's going to talk to anybody. He just is so outspoken. The word I'm trying to think of, he's so extroverted, right? And we just had this really fun, it was so short, but here I was, the volunteer, wearing my volunteer hat, Tory Pines 2008, and the first interaction I have in that magical week of never being at a major, first time ever at a major, is with Rocco, a guy who would go on and, and get to a playoff. But it's just, I mean, I have so many fun moments from that week, but I bring that up, that was the first interaction I had with Rocco, 2008 in San Diego at Torrey Pines, seeing the crime, which we all loved to watch. And then in 2011, you know, I really kind of got into golf journalism about 2010. That's when I went, went covered my first U.S. Open, you know, major tournament as a media member at Pebble Beach. So 2011 is when I talked to Rocco next. That was my second interaction with Rocco. And it was at the Callaway Invitational at the time at Pebble Beach, which is such a fun event. I, I wish that more pros could still play. You still have some guys get out there. I think it's a tailor-made invitational now. But I was out there and at Del Monte Country Club, which is one of the courses there. You got Spyglass. You have so many others on top of Pebble Beach and all the resorts there. But Del Monte Country Club was where I met Rocco. I saw him in the morning. <laughs> Yet again, I told you the whole thing about, hey, I got to talk to your ass. Or he has this little, this fake defense he puts up. So so I, I was a little nervous. All right? The last interaction I had with him, he would go on into a playoff with, with Tiger in 2008. So three years later, here we are in the park lot he's getting ready to tee it up at seven in the morning i've been driving all morning for four hours coming from sacramento and i'm exhausted but i go up to rock said hey listen i know you got tee off at 7 30 it's cold it's dewy out there i was like listen rocco i'd love to catch up with you i'm, I'm doing writing a couple stories love to just kind of talk to you about your career and he said oh man if you're writing make sure you get these stories right if you're doing stuff for the san francisco chronicle or any of these local papers man you gotta make sure you get this right okay and it was another little fake defense he threw up there at the beginning uh, in, in the morning, right before he teed off. Uh, you know, it, it was, there was still plenty of time. But it was just funny that that he, I don't know where this comes from with Rocco. It's just like this funny tease. He likes to pretend he's not interested, but he really is. He he, he will talk with anybody. That That's just the bottom line. So we, we did that. He went on to play his round and actually walked a couple holes and he acknowledged me, waved. At, and he was just having a great time, arm over the shoulders of the of the. Of the playing partners he was with and kind of the pro-am side of it i mean this guy is crazy everything you see on tv about rocco is totally totally spot on he's just what you see is what you get super affable super friendly so we do this interview after his round at del monte country club and and listen he he went right up to me he saw me set up with my camera on on the putting green and he's like let's do it let's roll he, he was just super positive attitude after a super long round didn't matter and we went into his career a little bit. It was maybe three or four minutes. At the end, when we finished, he had a chuckle. And he said, you know what? Great job. That, that was a lot of fun. Great job. And I thought about that. I was like, wow, like this is a, still larger than life for me, right? It was only three years before that I was a volunteer and that this guy was sludging it out and going after it with, with Tiger in a playoff. And at that time, I was 27 uh, as we're finishing up this interview. So it actually really encouraged me in, in my journalism career, to be honest with you. It really was helpful to hear a guy you look up to that you're covering early on that's like, hey, listen, great job, keep it up. 
And that meant a lot to me. So I, I remember that. And it's funny. I loved sharing that with my parents and other friends in the aftermath that fall. This was happening in November. So I was sharing it around Christmas time. And it was a cool story. And it, it always got me thinking back to Brandel Shambly, a really good written story he had one time in golfchannel.com. On a, he was coming off of a Pebble Beach, or he had the stories about Pebble Beach. There was something he was writing about Pebble Beach and the experience of the AT&T Pro-Am, what it's like. And he said, I may not have a trophy from Pebble Beach. It was, I'm paraphrasing here. He said, I may not have a trophy that says I won at Pebble Beach, but I have a trophy case full of amazing memories with people. And I bring that up because Rocco, in saying great job, Garrett, or, or just in, in being so positive in our inter- interactions over the years, that's really been a, a great memory for me. You know what I mean? It, it's, anyway, I'm making a transition there, but I hope you kind of see the parallel in that story. So anyway, fast forward to, here's this interview now. I'm going to finally get to it, but Richmond, Virginia, the first round of the playoffs for the PJ Tour champions this year, Dominion Energy Charity Classic. And this was about, I don't know, maybe 11, 12 minutes. You're going to hear some opinions from Rocco, some old glory stories, but you better believe we got him to live and his opinions on live and the way he looks at players who have gone over there, he's he's not blunt about pulling his punches and his thoughts on the way they went over there um, in, in, in that regard. So let's get to it here. Rocco Mediate on Beyond the Clubhouse. I know it's a long intro, but I hope you guys enjoyed uh, getting some backstory on, on, on both of us. All right, Garrett Johnson here with Rocco Mediate. Rocco, first I got to ask, like, what what's up with the look here? I love it's this. It's called cold. That's what it's called. I don't care what I look like. I don't care what people think. This is how I dress. So, yeah, it was cold this morning. So we, we played nine holes, about 35 degrees. Yeah. Country Club of Virginia here in Richmond. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, Champions Tour, here we are. There's a lot of events that you've been a part of. I know 2013 was your rookie year. Mm-hmm. What were kind of your initial impressions then? And then what you know about it now nine years later? Here? Oh, I knew what was coming. I wasn't one of I, I played with these. I played straight 27 and came out here, never stopped playing. So I knew what, what was coming. Same guys we played with. So there's no surprises. Yeah. And there still isn't. Guys, we're really, really, really good at what we do. I mean, exceptionally good at what we do. And we still are. Yeah, well, speaking of that, Freddie mm-hmm. Couples drops a 60 on everybody. Yeah, those, those days At happen. the age of 63. I mean, yeah. what, what, yeah. Is it, what does that do for you? Does it get you fired up a little bit more that things like no. that could happen? Or? No, I already know those things can happen. Um, we, we, like I said, we, we know what we're doing. And what, what Freddie did, that's a low score. That's insanely low score, but it doesn't surprise us. See, so it's like what Bernhard's done. Or it doesn't. There's no surprises. We know, you know, our golf courses, as you know, are 7,000 yards up. Um, same length we played on our days. These aren't pitch and putt, 6,400-yard dumps. These are class golf courses. So there's no reason why we still can't do it. Do we get a little shorter? Maybe. Maybe. Um, is it harder sometimes? Maybe, but not really. No. When you when you get back to some of your old courses that you played growing up like yeah. with your dad Hannahstown I think of that one there in mm-hmm. in uh, Greensburg yeah. Pennsylvania yeah. what kind of emotions do you feel like when you go back now is it a lot of sentimentalism or oh, what is yeah. it like I love going home it, it gives me a it gives me peace you know I go to Greensburg where I really grew up playing um, country club there I go up to Laurel where I, I, I've been since 93 so I like going home and being home because you only have one place you're from and I love being from there I'm one of those I don't like saying, well, I grew up there, but I know I, that's where I'm from, and I love it. It's, it, it. I still have tons of people there, obviously. My dad's still up there, my uncle, all my relatives, so it's 
I go home a couple times a year. I wish I could do it more, but I have a little one, so I have to be with them more right now. Right. Well, and speaking of where you're from, um, I think about Arnold Palmer, meeting him at the age of 19. Mm-hmm. What was that experience like? What did you take away from that rock? Well, it, it's a long time ago, but he, he just made you feel comfortable. And then he became like a second dad to me over the years. Very lucky. A lot of golf with him, a lot of talks with him. Well, speaking of talks and second dad, what kind of lessons would he have taught you that helped other people you know what I mean passing things on to other people well just how to be on the golf course not how to play or just how to be towards people you know look them in the eye give them something for their money is basically what he said and that's what the everybody should be doing Um, the kids out there now we still do it you have to give them something for their money they're coming to watch you play golf so maybe say hello try that um don't have your people say hello. You say hello. Just kind of face look to at face. Me. Yes, yes. Be, be a person. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's like the tour isn't any different than it was when we were out there, but it is different. It's not, a, so. it's not as personal. They keep them away. Just and in the last 10 years? or Probably. Just? Something like that. They, they, they keep them guarded, we'll say. We weren't guarded. We're not guarded out here. We can do People can come right up to us and talk. We don't have to go through anybody. So it's a different ball game. It, it was... I love watching them play. I love watching them play. But it's a different, and it shouldn't be different. What, because there's more money? That should make no difference. Um, zero. So it needs to be, a lot of the guys, like you look at Spieth, you look at Ricky, you look, you, they're like we were. They're just kind of hanging out, say hello, you know, and tough for them to do it because they're the top draws. So you can't help everybody. But they do a, good, a great job with it, and it's good to see that. We'll see to see that. Right. Well, speaking mm-hmm. of more money, 10 years earlier, if you would have been in your late 40s and Liv would have approached you, would you have thought about that Absolutely. decision at of course, all? Of course you would. But you would have done it the right way. You wouldn't uh, bad mouth so? the very entity that gave you life. <laughs> Understand? The people right, right. tour gave everybody that's playing on that tour life. So now you're going to tell me that's not good enough? You know what I got to say about that. Um, so when you, when you badmouth the entity that gave you life and then try to come back and play on it, that's a problem. Both sides of the street in, in a lot of ways. You don't get to do that. No, no you, don't get, you don't get to badmouth something and say, I want to come back and play and try to sue the very entity that gave you life. And they got exactly what they, they deserved. Nothing. Go take your money. And we didn't say you couldn't go. We just said you couldn't come back. They knew it when they signed it. Deal with it. Now, now Liv is here. It's not going anywhere, it doesn't look like. And that's fine. But stay away. Go over there. The guys that are on there, that's where they belong. Yeah. 1986, your first tour event was at Pebble Beach. Yep. You walked the range. What was that like seeing Watson, some of the big, big stars yeah, of the game? I've told that story a million times. But, yeah, it was just one of those things. You'll go and look and see what you, what you got to deal with. And I knew I had no chance to deal with any of it. So I started changing then before I hit a shot. Which is weird, but it was in your own head a little bit. No, I I wasn't. No, I I knew. I looked and I went, I got no chance. And I didn't. And then I became better and better. And then here we are 37 years later. 37, it'd be 38 years January 1st. But yeah, what's going on now, it's kind of, it kind of pisses you off on the way guys have talked about what gave them everything that they have. Think about Greg Norman. Think about it. Yeah. Everything he has came because he played on, on the, the PGA, PGA Tour. Tour. What, that wasn't good enough? What would you have been without it? Good question. What platform would you, would you have there used is, to get there? There was yeah. no other platform. 
and there still isn't. 54 holes in shorts, whoop-de-doo. Yeah, it'd be great to make, of course it'd be great to make the money. I don't blame them at all. They've been going to Saudi Arabia for a million years for, pers- for uh, appearance fees, appearance money. Okay, that's not even an issue, but do it the right way. How about a thank you? You know what? If they called me and said, hey, we want an old guy on the PGA Tour, on the Live Tour, I would say, yeah, that'd be cool. I want to thank the PGA Tour for giving me everything that I have. But I'm done now. I'm going to go away quietly. I'm going to go hang out for a couple of years, and I'm out. That's how you do it. Mm, the you, right don't, way. you don't be a dick because you just don't. Because, first of all, you're already getting paid way more than you ever earned. See, I, you know, you know the, the, the one thing we do out here is we earn it. They don't hand it to you. Each and every that's week, all, yeah. That's how it always was. Here's a little different, but this is our reward for the regular tour. This is a reward. This is hard to get on this show out here. It's hard to get on the Champions Tour. Um, but when you play good on the regular tour, you get a free pass, kind of. It's a great deal. Um, but we, we earn what we, we've earned what we get. And is, should it change? No. No. Well, the kids have to struggle out of college and, oh, they have to do this. That's the game. That's what we did. That's what made you better. Comes with the territory. There's a carrot up there. You're trying to grab this carrot. They just want the carrot right in front of them so they can eat it real no problem. It doesn't happen that way. If they want to happen that way on this other, whatever you call it, more power to you. Good luck. But their competition days are over. That's what hurts. For those guys, yeah. That's what hurts. I would hate that part because you don't have to beat anybody. A couple guys, maybe. I mean, it's 54 holes. It's not a golf tournament. It's an exhibition. Mm. Ours, you know, the PGA Tour is... Oh, but they found more money and they did this. Yeah, so? Too bad for you guys. Oh, you want to come back now? No. Sorry, can't come back. I, I hope they win all the... I, I hope they do exactly what they're supposed to do. You want to go there? Go there. You don't want to go there? Stay here. Speaking of the competition and, and how tough things can be, I remember 2008 U.S. Open. You look back a week like that. What are two of your favorite stories? I know you had Matthew uh, Ackett's on the, on the bag for you. A lot of cool moments, but what two stories stand out? I don't have any story. I just like the whole situation. There's no, there's no moments. Um, there's a lot of moments, so there's really nothing to – but just to have that opportunity in our National Open was – you couldn't ask for more, especially with Tiger. Um, um, it was the coolest thing ever. I, the only thing that didn't happen is I didn't win, but – it was so much fun trying in front of, you know, everyone's expecting a decimation of me, except for me. Um, the media certainly well, seemed seem to be that. They don't know their ass from a hole in the ground when it comes to competition. They don't. Um, they're looking at me like I was something. I'm like, what are you people, stupid? I think this was an accident I'm here. Who, who, who got here in a more interesting way than I did? Oh, the other guy did. But see, they, you know, it's like um, I, I was thinking of something else where they said Stevie Williams, who... I don't know that he has a brain. I'm not really sure. But he said about me, well, Rocco had nothing to lose. He's a blue-collar guy. Well, yeah, I am from a blue-collar state. Where's Tiger from? Tiger couldn't get on golf courses because of the color he was. I mean, are you kidding me? It was ridiculous what that kid had to go through and his family. So please just tell me I didn't have anything. to. I had everything to lose. That's my most would be my most cherished thing on the golf course. So when you hear stupid asinine comments like that you just got to go do do you people have a brain the people think you know even in the even in the um uh the media those days i remember i kept looking up going what is wrong with you you think this is an accident this doesn't this is not an accident this is where i'm supposed to be 
because I played better than everybody else this week, except for one guy so far. So yeah, this is not an accident. This is not, it's not over. Tomorrow morning, I, I, I ain't shooting 95 tomorrow because I'm playing with him. It's not going to happen. Well, you went out there thinking you, you had this because you were hitting the ball well, the best I, I, of everybody I, I in the air. I had no doubt in my mind that I, I was going to win the golf tournament on Monday. I fully believe that, and I just about did. But with him, you just don't know what's going to happen. The guy's the best of all time. And you, you always expect the unexpected from Tiger, and you got it. I mean, he's still my favorite guy to watch, still, yeah. to this day. I'll wrap up. Uh, Tom Watson, yeah. I know he's been a, a friend of yours for so long. Yeah. You know, What's a favorite memory with Tom Watson? Well, just being able to talk to him out here and you know he hasn't played much lately but just he was my guy when I was a kid so I know every shot he hit everything you want I'll say something to him and I how about that two iron at, at Burkdale you know stuff like that stuff like that what I'm not he doesn't sorry. even remember yeah, he oh yeah he does I said I in fact I said I go do you remember that he goes you think I mean of course he remembers that um you know the hitting those shots in those situations you can't forget them I've never had to really do that to, to win one like that but what he did was he was just my guy, and I loved watching the way he played. I tried to pattern my speed around him, his his way he played. But I never got the I never quite got the playing like Tom Watson part good. <laughs> yeah. But as far as being able to hang with those guys, it's great. This is a great place. Rocco, thanks for taking some time here on the podcast today. Appreciate it, buddy. Anytime. All right, my thanks to Rocco Mediate for joining me on the pod. And it's funny, like that week, a lot of opinions on Liv, as you, as you heard there. But that week that he played, he actually shot the low round, co-low co round of the week in Richmond in those playoffs. He shot 64 in his final round. So he's really hanging in there. He's in the top. He's 28th right now in the Charles Schwab standing. So there, there's a lot going on. This guy's got some game. So it's fun to see it. 59 years old. It's fun to see him really make another run and stay relevant in his league that he's in basically right his tour that he's in at this point in his career so hope you guys had a blast listening to Rocco. always fun and we'll look forward to another chat here soon on beyond the clubhouse